from Sochi, and I love communion. It's my favorite part of church. I always say that it's one of the uh, parts, the rituals of Christianity that I feel is the most rich with meaning. Um, it's a meal. It's a meal, first of all, right? That's how it started. Um, just as Jesus with his friends and even people who would betray him, gathering around a table and eating together. It's a sharing of resources. You know I mean, like somebody's bringing the bread. Somebody's bringing the juice or the wine, you know. It's an economic practice, right? Because we have to, like, bring it, right? Like, it's a sharing. It's a, yeah. So I just think it's, like, one of the richest rituals that we have. Um, so I like, one of the ways I always like to celebrate it is remembering the way we used to do it in pub church in Boston. And is it up there? No. Okay. Um, but I think I've done this with you all before. We always would say, God is with us. And then people would respond, yes, she is. So um, if you all would join me, God is with us. In this place, in this gathering, we pray for change. To become new vessels, full of courage, wisdom, hope, and love. May we become people, a new people, changed, healed, grown strong and hopeful by God and one another's love. And we remember how in the company of friends, enemies, and strangers alike, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and shared it with everyone present, saying, Take, eat, this is my body extended to all. Likewise, he took the cup, blessed it, and shared it, saying, Drink this, all of you, a new agreement for a divine new way of life. As often as you gather, do this, Remember the covenant and remember me. So whether you eat or don't eat, whether you drink or don't drink, you are welcome to come out to new life at this table. September, we've been in a month talking about the climate crisis, right, and hope in the time of climate crisis. But I haven't been here for a while. So I need you all to first catch me up. What have you all talked about so far in this series, during the sermons? What have you all heard? Um, then I guess we're going to keep building on Genesis <laughs> and talking about the relationship, you know what I mean, and our theologies. Um, and I always say, like, even if, because, you know, I missed, I've been missing the series. So even if I'm saying things that are um, repetition, I always say repetition is always good because it reinforces the message. So, um, okay, so my props for today, I have a little bit of show and tell. 
I get made fun of a lot by my friends for this ridiculous, and right now it doesn't have my computer, so like it's really light, but like this is probably like 20, 25 pound bag that I carry all the time with me. And part of why I carry it is because I carry a lot of things with me. Um, like, you know, a reusable water bottle, you know what I mean, that I just kind of fill up on, in taps and stuff. Um, any, you know, like tap water. I carry my own chopsticks, so like I never have to use disposable utensils and stuff. And even before straws were, you know, like not legal anymore, I guess it's, they're not, you're not supposed to use straws, right? Um, I would always carry my own straw so that I had it. Um, and even this little pouch that I put it in was from, you know, when people give you fancy pens, they come in a little pouch. That's what I use, reuse that pouch for. Um, and then my favorite things, I always carry my own, you know, washable, reusable napkin. But then I also have, these are my favorite things yet. And then I also have a little pouch where I pick up, you know, when you eat out, sometimes like there's extra napkins on the table. Um, you know, they're not allowed to use those again because once they put them out, they can't reuse them because they don't know what the customers have done with them. So they get thrown away. So I always pick up the extra napkins and put them in here. That way, when, you know, I might need them, there uh, I have some, right? But my favorite things are these collapsible plates, bowls, and cup. So, like, they snap together. Um, I know. Oh, there we go. And so, like, when, say, like, faculty retreat, like, when the faculty have a, a gathering, a conference, they, they always have food, right? And then they always have disposable plates and stuff. And so I, I bust out my little snap-together plate, and then I, like, serve. And then when I go to the restroom, I just wash it with, like, a napkin, I mean, uh, the soap that's there and a little bit of paper. And, um, you know, and then just, like, not have to use a dispose, a throwaway one, right? So anyways, I have all of this stuff, right? And so, oh, and I have, like, reusable Ziploc bags so you don't, use, like, have the throwaway ones. And I do literally, like, I was at the General Assembly for the Disciples of Christ in July in Iowa. And, um, you know, after, like, you know, you, I'm mostly eating out, right, because we're, like, at a conference. And so I had leftovers, so I just put my leftovers in here, and later I just pull them out and I eat them. So, yeah, I'm that weirdo person, right? All of this to say that as, like... Environmentally, like, conscious that I tried to be, I was still very um, alienated from the reality of my relationship with the earth. I mean, I was doing, and I've done, I've been having these practices and doing these things for years, you know. And, um, and I have my apocalypse-ready bag, you know. <laughs> and, um, but the thing is that I really realized that I didn't have a sense of connection, um, to, you know, what in Christianity we talk about it as, like, creation, right? And we have um, our scriptures, right, our stories, our sacred texts. Do you all know that, like, it literally ends, begins and ends with nature? Like, it begins and ends with a tree. You know what I mean? In reference to the tree of life. Even in the last book, Revelation, in chapter 22, it's about the tree that's going to be there. And it gives the tree gives a different fruit every month, a different fruit for each month of the year. Yeah. And it begins that way, too. And, um, well, before I go into Genesis, what really kind of exposed me to the reality of my alienation um, from the earth 
was my own wounds, like my own kind of brokenness. I have never transitioned very well. And you all have heard me make references to Boston. You know, I moved here from Boston five years ago now. Um, but I really just struggled. Like I struggled to kind of make myself, find myself at home in L.A., even though I grew up here. I really struggled to kind of form community and to find community. And I always, I always, I re, I came to realize more recently that I was really functioning always like in this on-the-go kind of way. Like I was always destination-oriented, like to the next thing, to the next thing. And I always felt like I was behind. I'm running late. Like I can't catch up. And um, even like driving to, you know, my friend's house or like going to class, like I was always in a rush. And I just realized like, what am I rushing to? You know what I mean? Like what, why do I always feel that way? And I never, like it didn't go away, you know? And I had two sets of friends that one of them, they're twins, Taliesin and Trelawney. I saw them at an academic conference, and they told me, start planting. Like, start doing something with the, a garden. She's like, even if you just start with one little pot, just start. She's like, because um, the earth heals. And I was like the earth heals. <laughs> okay, you know. And they're like, really, just do it. You know what I mean? Like, just start with one little plant. And call us, let us know that you're doing it, and then, you know, we'll be sending your, you know, we'll be sending prayers your way and everything. And I was like, okay, thanks. And then, um, and then it was here, not this Lent, but two Lents ago, it was Ryan Br- Brown, is that his last name? Yeah, Ryan Brown, did like one of those meditations, I think it was like Ash Wednesday or something. Yeah, because that's when Lent starts. And he invited us to decide on a practice, right, to do during Lent. And so I came, and, you know, if you've seen me here at church at times, like sometimes I'm just in the back row crying or standing in the back crying um, because I was just, like, processing a lot and always, you know, had to struggle and stuff. And so I'm sitting here, you know, when Ryan was doing that reflection and inviting us, and I was just like, what do I want to do, you know? And so I... I was like, I'm not going to keep it up. Like, it's going to be really hard. Like, and then I just feel like I failed at it. And I was like, okay, what if I start something easy? And that's what he said. He's like, just something that easy, you know, that you can do and everything. And so then I said, okay. And, you know, my friends had told me about the earth healing. So then I said, I'm going to touch something green every day. I'm just going to make a point to touch something green, you know, not like green tablecloth, but like plants. Right. <laughs> and, um, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to touch something green every day. And that's how it started for me, kind of being encouraged to work on my wounds through my connection with nature and then to take on one little step to make that connection. So I, for me, it was just touching something green every day. And the thing that has more recently made sense to me is like why that works, like, why that helps. And so, you know, for, for those of us who identify as Christian, we have a text, right? We have these stories. We have a whole narrative about how, uh, you know, that Christianity offers us in terms of how, what our relationship with one another and with this earth is. And so in Genesis, if you start, you know, and maybe the text can go up. I know there's a slide somewhere. Like, it just starts with, in the beginning, when God created. Like, in the beginning, when God created. You know, 
the earth, the heavens and the earth and everything. But the thing is, it just starts with God created. Like, and in the beginning, God created. And it didn't start with us, right? Like, it started with all of these other things, right? With, like, forming something out of the void. You mean, like, and then I think this next slide, like, it has, like, the first, you know, the Genesis 1 creation story has all of this establishing of relationships, establishing the relationships between the sky and the earth, establishing the relationship between, like, dry land and water, establishing the relationship between the plants and the animals, establishing the relationship between us and the plants and the animals. And so, like, our whole Christian narrative starts with God created, right? And so, and, you know, and then... Humans are formed, right? Humans are formed. And then, is there the next slide, maybe? Humans are formed. Those are all the different relationships. And there. And then we come into the picture, right, as humans. I need different glasses. I can't actually, like, I'm like that person now that has to go like this. And stuff. So I'm going to read over there. Um, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. So here, you know, the story is establishing the relationship between humans and what's been already created, right? So God created humankind in God's image, in the image of God. God created them, male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and da-da-da-da. The next slide highlights those words. These are the words dominion and subdue that get a lot of attention in terms of our relationship with the earth, right? Because many people hear that dominion language and think about it as domination, right? Where like the earth is ours and we will do what we will with it, you know, and use it for our purposes. But when we study the text more closely and if we look at what those words mean, there is a hierarchy of relationship there, right? Like there is a a dominating, right, a dominion aspect to it and a subduing aspect to it. But we have to think about what that meant in its context, right? It's like when the scriptures were written, in the times that they were written, we didn't have agri... You know, humans didn't have agriculture the way we have it now. So like... Working with the earth to, to um, cultivate crops, right, to cultivate food really was a struggle, right? Really was a contentious relationship of not knowing if the rains were going to come, if the growth was going to happen. So in some ways, it really was kind of like humans against environment, right? Like hoping that, you know, we can get the crops out of that hilly, uh, dry earth. And so... In many ways, it's about what is our relationship to the earth and what is it now? So here it was just like, yeah, subdue it so that you can get food from it, right? There's this one beautiful um, interpretation, yeah, interpretation really, of how to understand that dominion, have dominion over. And this scholar, a professor at Duke University says, so that they may exercise skilled mastery among or in respect to the fish and the sea and among the birds of the air. So how do we, like, 
cultivate or practice skilled mastery, right? So it's not a taking for granted. It's a relationship of give and take. And so when I think about, like, why the earth heals, why it has made such a difference to me to garden, you know what I mean, to start, uh, you know, touching soil and plants. And when I think about our particular scriptures in Christianity, so much of it is because it's an invitation to reintegrate into the whole of which we, were, we have been a part of, that we were made a part of from the beginning. We are just one part of the whole, right? Like, and so how do we reintegrate that? How do we like repair the alienation that we often experience? I think especially in our urban context, right? Where I can have all the things, right, that help me feel very environmentalist and stuff. But like, do I remember to to think about the ground I walk on as earth? I mean, we have concrete covering so much of earth. But like, when do we take the time? To just like put our hands against a tree and feel its energy. Right? They're living. Like the plants are living. I mean, I love that there's a garden here. I haven't once walked in it. <laughs> right? Like, and it's like so beautiful. It's like one of the things I told Melissa, we were driving in, oh, there's an organic garden here, and you know, people can walk in, and it's like everyone's invited to like, you know, work on it and to harvest from it and stuff. It's like, but I've never done it here. You mean, but like, so I think for me, thinking about like climate crisis is a lot of also thinking about what our own relationship to ourselves as part of this whole and to the whole that is the earth and the animals and the plants that we were all formed as integral to one another from the very beginning. So my invitation is to remember that the earth heals and that we're a part of it and that it gives us resources and medicine available all the time if we remember to reconnect. 